Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 31 You are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a December 13th, Tuesday night edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your co-host for this evening, Eric Garcia-Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com, former Blazer beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian, and I am joined by my co-host, Dane, not Dan Carbaugh, uh, from NBC's Pro Basketball Talk, Blazers Edge, Locked On Blazers. What's up? Uh, also, it's a momentous day. Uh we we must say it is the one year anniversary of Dane's YouTube channel. Yeah. So congratulations to you, Dane, on uh, reaching the one year mark. And I, I believe you have uh, you had an announcement today. Yeah. Uh, so enlighten uh, the <laughs> Lockdown Blazers listeners on uh, other places they can find. Yeah, you. I appreciate that. Yeah, we uh, we started the rewind about a year ago. That's the channel was called up until today. Um, thanks to Ian Levy over at HP Basketball, fan sided, uh, got that going and doing obviously breakdowns, things that I'd done on Blazers Edge with uh, thanks to Ben Golver before that, obviously, but really kind of formalized it last year. December 12th, I woke up and realized it was a, a whole year of being on the channel. So decided to uh, take a look at it and see what we could do and uh, change the name to Dane Not Dan on the on YouTube. So if you guys want to find it, Dane Not Dan, it's uh, always hard to explain my name. So I figured that would fit. Change the name for boring YouTube SEO reasons, but uh, yeah, if uh, I'll have I'll have a video coming out on Wednesday on Blazers Edge, a Q&A session, and I'll be doing some uh, next week. I'll have my first breakdown on Blazers Edge for you Blazers fans, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, Wednesday, unless there's a game, it'll be on Tuesday or Thursday. All right, nice. Well, uh, Dane, not Dan, uh, yeah, uh, but... Thank you, uh, and and you can get all of, of Dane's great opinions here as well on Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, uh, which is a, a vast network uh, that covers everything in the NFL, everything in the NBA. Also have fantasy NFL and NBA for you. Josh Lloyd, who was on our podcast from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, uh, does a great job, so you should definitely check out his work and Locked On NBA as well, hosted by David Locke, the pod father. Uh, but to the Blazers, the Blazers get off the schneid. They uh, finally get a victory in surprising fashion on the second night of a back-to-back after last night's pretty grueling loss. They win it 114-95, to and pretty balanced scoring from everyone was not a huge Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum night. Everybody pitched in the type of victory that this team has not had very often this season. Russell Westbrook 
with uh, a very average game, uh, well, below average game by his standards, and especially the standards he's had this season. Westbrook, 20 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. Would sound good for pretty much anybody else, but that is uh, not good for him. And I think and looking at where the Blazers have been defensively, I think uh, you would have taken a lot you know, better numbers than that if you were Portland. And they, they held they held him and uh, they held everybody on the Thunder and uh, had one of their most complete wins of the season. They really did. They had a defensive rating of 93.5. Uh, they held the Oklahoma City Thunder to a true shooting percentage of just 47.8%. A huge night for the Blazers' defense, particularly when they really needed it. And we talked about them going into this road trip and, and taking a look at their wins, and the, especially the next four games leading up to that Golden State game on Saturday. And we looked at it, and we did, didn't, didn't see much on the schedule that was really friendly for them. And for them to be able to go back to the Moda after a really tough you know, seven losses in a row, to have that kind of win at home in front of the hometown fans on a night that Damian released his new shoe and they put a bunch of uh, you know helpful branded T-shirts in the audience. And, hey, that whole section in the Moda and 300 level got a free pair of Damian Lillard shoes. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, good, good for them. Good for them to get back on track of it. And I know I, I, I think you and I are both, just because we watched almost, I think between us, definitely watched every single minute of this team, have been saying not necessarily, I mean, pessimistic, but not, not to a point of being antagonistic, just to a point of saying, look, this team hasn't shown us anything yet, but you know, some other people out there really are on that bandwagon of they're, they're better off than they were at this point in time last season. And I have said that after the All-Star break, their schedule does get easier. So maybe uh, maybe the outlook isn't so bleak for Blazers fans after all. It's only one game, obviously, but a uh, good game. Nice to win at home. Yeah, ni- nice f- to get a win at home. Also, I think something that uh, has hurt this team is that they haven't gotten many good wins wins against good teams. Yeah. And, and, and tonight was a, a night that they got one of those. They beat Utah opening night. They beat Memphis on the road. They beat Chicago on the road. But uh, most of their wins have not been against good teams. And for them to get a, a win against a team that's going to be in the playoffs like the Thunder, you know, barring uh, a, an injury from Westbrook, uh, is good for this team. And they did it uh, even though they, they didn't, uh, you know, win the rebounding battle. They they didn't get killed, though, either, at least too badly. Uh, and they the, they had a really balanced night and the type of night that I think we expected this team to have and what was really impressive and again something that I thought we would have ex- we we were going we we expected heading into the season was how well the the bench played and how well the second units played and how they extended the lead and you know when Westbrook was on not was on the bench the Blazers really did a good job of extending the lead. And I think that had a snowball effect on this game and little by little you saw it. And finally, uh, OKC couldn't stop them. And the first time we've seen it really go in the opposite direction for the Blazers, we've talked a lot about how when they get down by five, six, seven points at halftime and they're not able to come back from it, or even times like say against Indy where they were up by a lot and then just got smoked in the second half, got the, the doors blown off of them. This time we saw them get ahead and then all of a sudden they're up, you know, 18 points or something. And we're looking at a, a 50, 70 score line and we're just like, wow, this is, this is great. Um, 
And you're right. The the bench really came up big for them. Evan Turner off the bench with 14 points. Alan Grab off the bench with 11 points. But really, it's more about that combination from a veteran play between if those guys are coming off the bench and scoring and doing what they're trying to do, that ha- in order for them to win, that has to be in addition to what the starters are doing and not just Damien and CJ. And so we saw Mo Harkless come up with 15 points tonight. Uh, Mason Plumlee come up with 18 points on 7 of 9 shooting. Obviously, Damien and CJ added uh, what it looks like uh, 32 here together combined. Uh, Vonley had to start with 5 points. But everyone was was solid, and 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 that bench didn't have to try to save them when in a lot of times before they weren't able to come in and save them. This time they were able to come in and then help keep pounding, keep pounding away at a, a thunder attack that wasn't working. Yeah, uh, pretty much anybody uh, on the thunder except for uh, Westbrook and Adams, and even Westbrook didn't really have that great of a night, uh, had, a, had a rough go of it. I think the Blazers really did a good job of uh, minimizing the contributions of all the other guys on the Thunder, and they did it on a night when they didn't have Alfaruk Aminu. Aminu sat out in this game. Uh, they gave Noah Vonley the start, changing it up from uh, where they had been uh, in a lot of these games where they were without Aminu going with Ed Davis in the starting lineup. So uh, they go with Vonley tonight, and it worked out for him for the most part. Uh, he uh, got three fouls in the first like five minutes of the game, but... I think after that, especially in the third quarter when the Blazers uh, put the game away for the for the most part, he was in there and uh, really had great contributions. And Plumlee, uh, another solid performance after playing well last night. And the Blazers as a whole, just so much tighter defensively. And they lost a close game last night, so... They they did step up to the competition in these two games, but they, they, they've got to find some kind of consistency here. Uh, I think that's just really the takeaway for me is that we've finally seen in this game how well they can play. We've already seen how, how poorly they can play. Uh, it's about finding some kind of uh, a middle ground here between those, you know, because they're really, really high and really low right now. And, and, and I think that, uh, trying to stabilize, you know, obviously they want to too, but that's what needs to happen here for them to get where OKC is and for a win like this to matter down the line for playoff seeding and all that. Definitely. And if we're talking about them evening out, you have these performances tonight, not only through the starting line, but through that those, those bench players, particularly Crabbe and Turner, um, who helped, you know, push the the offensive line for the front you know for the front guys because um you know Damian Lillard only had let's see here he only had in terms of getting to the line tonight he only got to the line twice or sorry he got to the line once he had two free throw attempts you know he takes uh 8.2 free throw attempts per game that's way down which means he wasn't able to attack or maybe he didn't need to attack because the other guys are are uh, more efficient in their offensive sets right so it could be one of those two things either maybe they're they're either saving him but to go back and look at the tape but uh, either they're saving him or they're facilitating themselves in offense and being in a better spot and able to score. David doesn't have to throw his body at the rim every time down the floor. He's not shooting a three. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, I think consistency obviously is going to be key. It's going to be hard for the Blazers. But, man, after tonight and seeing that, I, I, I just feel like I haven't seen the Blazers play in a convincing fashion as a team. I've seen Damian play or CJ play or two guys play. Uh, in a or you know Harkless and Damian for a night, 
play in a convincing fashion where the Blazers get a win. I haven't seen I I I, I struggle to say that I, I haven't seen them play a whole team, Terry Stotts' whole eight man rotation game. Do you think that's true? No, I mean I really I, I don't think we've seen them play this you know, play, play like this in, in in a game all season. It was really a, a great top to bottom performance. Um, you know, maybe they've had one, but it, it, if it, you know, maybe one that comes to mind is like that Indiana game where they blew the doors off of them and they didn't have Paul George. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, but like, but you know, Oklahoma city didn't have Oladipo tonight, but that's not, you know, he is right. He but has it's not actually, the same. Right. No, yeah. not the same as not having Paul George. You're still going up against an MVP candidate in Westbrook and Adams, who's a monster. And I, I, I just think maybe they have had that game where they've had a complete game from everyone on the roster. I just don't think that they had it on this type of stage against this good of a team. And uh, you, you can't discount the fact that this game was on national television as well. Uh to maybe boost the boost uh, a little bit of the the concentration, give a little bit more adrenaline in a situation where they're on second night of a back to back. I mean, Portland's energy tonight was uh, spectacular, and to have gone on a five game losing streak on national television and then start to have everyone talking about how everything is going wrong, how the Blazers are backsliding, they're going in the wrong direction, et cetera, et cetera. The Blazers avoided that tonight, so uh, it, it was in hindsight. Now that you, you think about it. Yeah, that could have been really bad. The fact that, uh, in addition to them just going on a five-game losing streak, the fact that it would have been on national TV and would have been at least for tonight, you know, a major talking point in the national media. No one wants to hear that. Yeah, we've already seen a couple things. I think came out today and and day before yes or day before that uh, we're basically talking about the Blazers. You're right. Then them backsliding, having issues. Uh, you know, the saying the the sort of harping on the on the Turner signing, that sort of thing. Uh, or even the the crab signing or uh, matching not not really working out. Yeah, I mean, well, they haven't. I mean, still no, overall, no, they you, you you can't really say. But you also can't say that they're not going to work out, right? Uh, but but totally uh, based on the body of work so far, uh, really hard to come to any other conclusion. But uh, the fact that those signings haven't worked out. But again, those two guys really stepped up tonight and have a long season ahead right but to your point in terms of the national you know a game on national tv like this against you know against the best mvp candidate in the league uh having them sort of you know stop the bleeding a little bit if you want to put Mm -hmm. it that way is certainly helpful to to stop that narrative as people take a look at the blazers and decide whether or not uh you know what kind of team they are because we we still don't know i think like i said earlier in the podcast we're maybe a little more pessimistic than other folks but uh it's definitely still we, we still don't know where we are, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, shall we uh, get into the Twitter questions? Absolutely. You guys keep sending them in, so you keep keep responding to us. I appreciate it. Let's do it. All right. Um, I'm gonna start with this one because the, my answer is near and dear to my heart. It's from uh, at kid underscore cubby. Uh, he goes by Damian Trillard. He's diehard a Christmas movie. Here's I have a really bad I'm gonna seem like a total weirdo because I was that kid who I was just talking to my girlfriend about this tonight. I, I had screen time as a kid. I wasn't allowed to, you know, watch uh TV or play video games for very long or a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed, you yeah. know, Simpsons, one of my favorite 
favorite shows as a kid. I watched it all the time at my dad's house. Not allowed to watch it at all at my parents' house until I was like 13. Um, so kind of like a weirdo in that in that response uh, or that respect. I um I didn't watch Die Hard until I was in college or maybe even older. I mean, I might have been like 24 when I first saw Die Hard. So I feel like even though, yes, it's set at Christmas, and uh, I think a lot of people watch it as a Christmas movie, I don't think of it as a Christmas movie. But that's that's okay. only because of my own weird upbringing. But I feel like that, that factors really heavily into it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it definitely factors into my answer, which is a definitive yes, <laughs> that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Uh, we watch it all the time in my family. It's my... Tio Jose's favorite movie. He loves that movie. So we always watch it. And uh, it, yeah, it's just it's just a classic. So many great one-liners and uh, so many great characters that are just, I, I don't know. I, I, I love watching Die Hard uh, every, every, every Christmas. It's, it's one of my favorite things and, and, and something we do. So yeah, I'm, I, 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 feel very strong I'll, I'll just say it is because i i feel like like people say that it's not i think it's very has a the whole issue with sort of the the tension with john mcclain about why he's there and and all that other kind of stuff is based around him like it all starts like the first scene is in, a, in an airport he's uh it's and it's around christmas right mm-hmm. so I, I i think it's a christmas movie and like in yeah. like it's physically set around christmas time and the whole reason he's there is to go see his kids for Christmas. Exactly. And people watch it during Christmas. How much more of a Christmas movie can I give him that? It doesn't have to be like my family, which always watches, you know, the Santa Claus and the Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. I mean, It's a Wonderful Life is in the rotation. Miracle on 34th Street, The Ridge, The Ridge. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. I, o- only The Ridge is in the rotation, uh, not the remake. The, re- the remake from the 90s also had that in that big plastic Disney VHS case. Oh, oh, I had it. I watched yeah. that movie we, we so many it. times. Had, I hated yeah. it so much with the, oh, the girl so from bad. Matilda. Oh, man. Yo, Nat- yeah, Natalie Wood is way better. <laughs> All right. So let, let, me, let, me, let me pick one out here. So uh, I asked uh, on Twitter also to give, give you guys some stuff. And... Um, Maybe we should answer Richmond's question. Richmond, Mike no, Richmond of ooh. the Oregonian wants to know who is the best Blazers beat guy whose first name does not start with a J. Who is it, Eric? Is there's a tough to you know there's there's a lot of them out there, a lot to choose from. I gotta I gotta give a shout out to my man Seahold, Casey Holdall. <laughs> uh, I mean I mean I mean I I mean I I would I, even though he works for the team I, I consider him part of the beat. Okay. Uh, uh part of the beat. Uh, contingent um, but if we're not counting that then obviously the, the the answer is the man who asked the question okay like, yeah see I, so, so, so I read it, it a couple it, ways I thought Richmond might be trying to finagle his, himself in there right but I, I gotta give it to Case based on uh, seniority and uh, you know he, he's seen a lot and uh, does great work in a you know does a great podcast with, with Joe Freeman uh and yeah, hey, but Mike is 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 right there. Mike's right Mike there. Is, Mike's, Mike's right there. I mean, I think I think we all remember what Mike was doing, you know, four years ago, and how he's worked his way up the ranks, of the Oregonian, a company oh, that really you know believes in him, and 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 he's done a lot. You know, I remember going to high school basketball games and Mike being there to cover it. So, but just because Richmond called me bald hiking, I'm gonna Ooh. I'm gonna go with Casey. 
just just oh. be, just just because you know it's like Casey's Casey's the senior officer in town. He's been there, done that before. And while he's not a traditional beat reporter, he is working the Blazers beat. I think I agree with yeah. you. So sorry, Richmond. We're going. With, we're both going with Casey. We're both going with Casey. Yeah, sorry, Richmond. Yeah. But, also, uh, also because Casey's doing a lot of extracurricular activity today. Apparently, in the media center at, at media dinner, Casey rearranged how the salad station was ergonomically designed to better match traffic and flow, and a lot of people really liked it. So I think that's going above and beyond. I think that that gives him the W. Casey may have a future in catering. <laughs> okay, I say that as someone who has worked in catering and. We very much take seriously the flow of the crowd around the we, buffet line. We really do. That's a that's a that's a big part of lockdown blazers. Uh, I have a, right. I have a good question coming from you're gonna eat that Brit on Twitter who who is a, somebody near and dear to my heart. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> uh, she wants to know which blazer would wait the shortest and which blazer would wait the longest if they were waiting for brunch in Portland. Damian Lillard is not waiting anywhere in this town. Not waiting anywhere. Not at all. So, going to say Damien's definitely not going to wait. I agree. Uh, the guy who would wait the longest, probably... Like, do you think it's Pat? Do you think Pat's really into brunch? Mm, I feel like Plumley is into brunch. Really? I feel like, I feel like Mace... I feel like Mace I feel like Mason Plumley's into brunch. Okay, that's just a vibe. Like I have no, I have no <laughs> like I have no proof. Mason Plumley has never uh, shared with me his his love and passion for brunch. Mason, though, if you do have a passion for brunch and want to talk about it, invite is open for lockdown Blazers. But yeah, come on, uh, buddy. I, I, w- I would say that Plumley uh, is the most likely to wait long I'm, for brunch. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. I know this was a Twitter answer, but I think it's probably true. But I'll give a caveat on why. I think the answer is probably Myers. And obviously Myers, buddy. You do follow me on Twitter now. So I appreciate it. Let's uh let's let's get you on the podcast. But absolutely. Um I I, I would say that it would be Myers only because I feel like Myers does enjoy brunch enough and that Ellie, his wife, would want to go to brunch and he would be nice enough. He's a nice enough guy to wait for where his wife wants to go to brunch. I think we've all been in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my girlfriend just doesn't. She's not waiting. So that that's not that's not us. Um uh but uh yeah, I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Sorry to cut it short y'all. Um but uh that's going to be it for uh this evening. Thank you for sending in questions. Blazers victorious 114-95 over the Oklahoma City Thunder. They break a four-game losing streak before they head back out onto the road for Denver and Oakland to face the Warriors. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, and leave a five-star review. Tell your friends and keep coming back.